Welcome back to the Clutch Factor Sports Show. My name is Joseph Meyer. So glad to be with you again today. We are reacting to week 12 of the NFL season, going over the biggest storylines and answering the question, have the Patriots re-emerged as the AFC favorite? What a weekend it was. Let's get right into it. As the playoff picture comes into a clearer view, multiple teams are rising to the occasion and putting together some impressive stretches as of late. Many of the fraudulent teams have fallen off a bit, but those final wildcard spots in both conferences are still completely wide open. It's going to be a fun end of the season as these teams vie for those spots. We will start it off as we always do with the finest five. Remember, these are five games that stood out to me the most this week. Number one is Raiders versus Cowboys. This was the Thanksgiving game and the most watched regular season game in nearly 30 years. And it was a fun one. The other two Thanksgiving games were not very good to say the least, uh, but this one was fun to watch. Cowboys played really well, but couldn't ultimately pull out the win. They looked human. Uh, they didn't have their best two wide receivers, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb were both out for this one. So Dak Prescott was kind of out there on his own trying to make plays. Uh, they looked human, though. They did not look like that dominant NFC team that we have kind of expected them to be as of late. He did have 375 yards and two touchdowns. Very impressive performance. But Derek Carr also had 373 yards and a touchdown. I think most important, though, the Raiders were able to stuff the Cowboys' run game. Ezekiel Elliott could not get anything going on the ground. Uh, the Raiders just crashed the box. They allowed Dak to throw deep, but they dared him to because there were no good wide receivers out there. Michael Gallup had a decent game, but he is not spectacular. And the Raiders were able to run the ball well, going for over 150 yards and a touchdown. Daniel Carlson was lights out, five for five on kicks. He put up 18 points for his team, almost got half of their points on his own. Surprisingly, for this high scoring of a game, there were no turnovers for either team, but there was a kickoff return touchdown. Tony Pollard, along with that kickoff turn return touchdown, he had some nice runs, and he honestly just looks like the more explosive more exciting running back. I know they paid Ezekiel all that money, but Tony Pollard continues to impress. And I think you got to start giving him more carries because when he's out there, the offense just looks better, in my opinion. Cowboys defense, who has been improved this year, I will say, uh, they did not look good in this game. They pretty much allowed Derek Carr to have whatever they wanted. Not to mention Anthony Brown, four pass interference penalties, and three of them were very crucial um, that resulted in scores ultimately cost them the game. Some of the calls were a little bit questionable, but you can't put yourself in that position if you want to win the game. Derek Carr continues to impress. I've said it again and again, a crazy season for the Raiders, and they have a winning record. And I think that speaks completely to Derek Carr's leadership ability and his skill level. He has nothing around him on offense, and he continues to impress, throwing to Foster Moreau. I mean, what else can you ask from him? The Raiders, they find themselves right in that playoff race. Like I said, all these teams are vying for a playoff spot, and they are right there at 6-5 and five now. For the Cowboys' playoff hopes, obviously it seems like they're going to win that division, but they are lucky this week that the Eagles lost, so they maintain a two-game advantage in the NFC East. 
Had the Eagles won, it would only be a one-game advantage, and the division really would have come down to a final few games. Cowboys should win that division, but they have not looked too good as of late. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, though. They do not have their best players out there on offense. Number two, Bengals versus Steelers. This was a crazy one. An absolute, complete, and utter dominating performance from the Bengals. You look at this game pretty much since the turn of the century, uh, even just five years ago, this game would have been a dominant performance in the other direction. Steelers dominating the Bengals. They have for so long, which shows you how fast the Bengals have rebuilt and kind of turned things around thanks to not just Joe Burrow, but in large part to Joe Burrow. Uh, but he didn't even have to take over in this game. He kind of game managed with 190 yards, a touchdown, one interception. He didn't have to make any huge throws because the rest of his team just played incredibly well. He was able to take what the defense gave him, not force the ball down the field. Joe Mixon, though, is finally healthy this year, and he is awesome to watch. He has been the most impactful player on the Bengals this year by far. His return to dominance has been so impactful to the um, winning performances that they've been able to put out there. This Bengals defense as well, insanely improved. Two interceptions, a pick six, and a fumble recovery. That kind of swung the tide of the game. It was so hard for the Steelers to get anything going because this Bengals defense was always there to jump on any mistake that they had. Evan McPherson, Bengals kicker, continues to impress. One of the best young kickers in the league. They are confident that when they put him out there, he is going to nail everything that they give him. As far as the Steelers go, though, obviously we know Ben Roethlisberger is aging. We know that they have talent at wide receiver. They've been banged up. That offensive line hasn't looked great, but the one of the one of the bright spots of this year has been Najee Harris, right? Um, throughout the first 10 weeks, it was like, okay, he could be a rookie of the year candidate. He's looking very strong. He's looking pretty pretty dominant against some of these teams. Then the last two weeks, he has had a tough go of it. Another poor outing, no thanks to the offensive line, not even 30 rushing yards for Harris in this game. I know he had a little bit of an injury last week, but still it's hard to get anything going, especially when your team's down 30 points right out of the gate. This Steelers offense continually puts Pittsburgh's defense back on the field. And so it's hard to blame the defense for giving up 41 points to the Bengals because they don't have any time to rest. They might get a stop, and then all of a sudden they're back out there because Ben Roethlisberger threw an interception or fumbled the ball. The Steelers, they have an extremely hard schedule coming up. This might be Mike Tomlin's first losing season of his career. That would be crazy. Ben Roethlisberger should enjoy these last few games because no sane team is going to be bringing him back in 2022. I think his career is over, and I think it should have been over before this year. He's just not good enough anymore to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I know he's got the uh, history and, and the Super Bowl wins, and I think he's a Hall of Famer, but he's not helping his Hall of Fame odds with the last few years at all. Number three, we're going to go Titans versus Patriots. Another dominating performance, this time by the Patriots, two years ago when the Titans beat the Patriots in the playoffs. And that was Tom Brady's last game in New England. A lot of questions about where he would go. Obviously ended up going to Tampa Bay. We all thought that this dynasty was dead. And we really didn't think Bill Belichick would be able to rebuild without Tom Brady. But fast forward one mediocre season later, and the Patriots are right back at the upper echelon of the AFC 
after pulling out six straight dominant wins. They have been the most impressive team in total over the past six weeks. Just looking at the past four weeks, they have allowed only 26 points total in four weeks and have beat their opponents by an average of 26 points. That's four possessions that they are beating their opponents by on average. And they haven't played bad teams either. Obviously, the Titans are a playoff team. Bill Belichick has solidified himself, in my opinion, this year even more as the greatest coach of all time with this year's coaching performance, especially with the lack of talent on offense with a rookie quarterback and yet continued production on all areas of the team. Mac Jones is the rookie of the year 100% right now. 310 yards and two touchdowns against a pretty solid defense is very good for a so-called game manager and the fifth quarterback taken in his class. Titans are trying to keep their head above water. Uh, This game was not a good game for them. They had a great start to the season, and that might get them into the playoffs. Um, But they're going to stumble to the finish line because the amount of injuries that are stacking up for them is just really hard to overcome. They're piling up. I respect Ryan Tannehill for trying his best. He's just not talented enough to carry an offense highlighted by amazing Hall of Fame players such as Nick Westbrook-Akeen and Deonta Foreman. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing them right, and I doubt anybody knows if I am. Their run game played pretty well, but only 93 yards through the air is just not going to cut it. They're going into a bye week. They need to heal up. Um, Titans are a playoff team, and I'm pretty sure they've basically locked that down at this point unless something catastrophic happens. But winning playoff games is going to be very difficult if they continue to perform like they did on Sunday versus, granted, a great team in the Patriots, but they need to do better than that. Number four, we talked about Tom Brady's old team. Let's talk about Tom Brady's new team. Once again, finds a way to win. The Colts dominated this game. They had no business losing to the Buccaneers. Carson Wentz looked pretty good. And outside of two interceptions, which may or may not have been his fault, he had 306 yards and three touchdowns. Solid performance for him. He wasn't the reason that they lost. Jonathan Taylor, 83 yards and a touchdown. A pretty pedestrian game for him. But as we know, Tampa Bay's rushing defense is really, really good. I think it was just the mistakes that that happened. Um, the two interceptions, obviously. One of them was just an amazing play by Antoine Winfield. A great catch. I mean, he's 5'9", and he's jumping a 6'3 receiver. And then the muffed punt by Naheem Hines, that really swung the game in the Buccaneers' direction. Buccaneers continue to take advantage of other teams' mistakes. They have no business being 8-3 and three this year, in my opinion. They have had way too many close games and have underperformed in too many games. But because they are Tom Brady, they will always take advantage of your mistakes as his teams traditionally have. Tom Brady only had 226 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Mediocre game. But when he doesn't play well, they've got plenty of other guys. Leonard Fournette, 100 yards and three touchdowns, including the game winner. He went off in this game. I mean, they don't really need him in most games. And yet when the offense is struggling, Tom Brady is not really passing the ball as well as he usually does. The receivers can't get open. You'll just hand it off to Leonard Fournette, who was about three years ago one of the top five backs in the league. 
they have an embarrassment of riches. Not to mention Rob Gronkowski comes back. What do you know? 123 yards. Tom Brady loves his favorite tight end. Like I said, Antoine Winfield with an amazing interception. And that was really, really crucial. It was a close one. And this game was really fun to watch. But if you're a Colts fan, you got to sit back and say, we had that game. And, and you needed it because now sitting at 6-6, six and six, lost in that um, wild card race. A win today would have really set you up in good position to make a run for it. But the Buccaneers were able to come out on top. And lastly, number five, San Francisco 49ers versus the Minnesota Vikings. Another great game. I thought the Vikings would be able to throw all over this San Francisco defense, which hasn't looked great over the season. But the 49ers were able to pull it out. Jimmy Garoppolo continues to control games with ease. 230 yards, touchdown and interception. Elijah Mitchell, 133 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, 66 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And Brandon Ayuk has finally returned with 91 receiving yards. This offense is really balanced, and they're finally back to what we thought they would be doing at the beginning of the year. The injuries and the weird games that happened for the 49ers at the beginning of the year really set them back, but they are finally doing what they are designed to do, and that is controlling games, playing slow, taking a lot of time off the clock, and putting it in the end zone. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are amazing weapons, and the run game, it doesn't matter who you put in there, if it's Elijah Mitchell or anybody else, it's going to play well. Jimmy G's putting together a really impressive run. They've won three straight and have won four of five. Uh, back, I think it was six weeks ago now, Colts played the 49ers in that torrential downpour. I said the winner of this game is going to be really set up for playoff success. It was a crucial moment for both of those teams. Well, since then, not only have the Colts looked really good, the 49ers have looked really good, winning four of five, and are now in a playoff spot. Their defense looked like a weak, weak spot of their team. They've gotten healthy and have looked pretty good as of late. Shutting down the Vikings offense in terms of what the Vikings have been able to do lately, Kirk Cousins only 238 yards, did have two touchdowns, but did have a pretty crucial interception. And Dalvin Cook, I know he did get hurt, only 39 yards on the ground. That was really impressive of the San Francisco rushing defense. Justin Jefferson still got his, though, 83 yards longest being 30 yards. I thought this game would be a crucial win for the Vikings as they could um, assert themselves and get up above 500, but they were not able to. The 49ers kind of took their spot as that team that didn't start very well, but now is ascending into a playoff spot. Vikings fall out of the playoffs this week, 49ers into it. I still think the Vikings are a good enough team to make the playoffs, but now they do not have the tiebreaker over the 49ers who are not really looking stoppable lately. So I like what both of these teams can do. Uh, the 49ers just happen to get the better of the Vikings this week. Now let's get into some other storylines from the week quickly. Miami. Where did this come from? Four-game winning streak. Tua Tungavailoa slowly putting himself right back into playoff conversation. This is what we expected from the Dolphins. Methodical offense, not too many turnovers, amazing defense, incredible special teams turning the ball over a lot. It hadn't worked up until about four weeks ago, and now it has worked very well. They dominated the Panthers this week and are back in playoff conversation just like that. As far as the Panthers go, 
I think this is a really talented team, and, and I like Cam Newton, but this offensive line is so bad that it's it's hard, especially for a guy like Cam Newton who needs a little bit of more time to throw the ball down the field before he just scrambles out of the pocket to make big plays. It, it's looked really bad, and they need to really address that in the offseason. The turnovers are a serious problem. Two weeks ago, they had a lot of momentum after the win in Cam Newton's first game, but they have lost a lot of that since then. Speaking of gaining momentum, the Broncos. So they traded Von Miller three weeks ago. Von Miller's new team, the Rams, have lost three straight. And the Broncos have gone two and one since. I'm not really sure what that says about Von Miller, if it says anything at all, but what it does say is the Broncos are a feisty team who are not good enough to make the playoffs, in my opinion, especially with Teddy Bridgewater quarterback, but are playing their hearts out and have put themselves right there in that position. We keep talking about Justin Herbert's worst game so far this year, and I think the Broncos are the new recipient of that trophy. They forced him to a pretty bad game, two interceptions. He did have 300 passing yards, but did not look very good, and a lot of that was in garbage time after the game was already over. Lamar Jackson, he had a very poor game, four interceptions, but the Ravens somehow managed to pull off a win. Not a very good look for the Browns. Their defense has got to be saying, man, we forced four turnovers and you can only put up 10 points. Just a struggle of a game for the Cleveland offense. And credit John Harbaugh. He continues to put out a team that's going to win games even when Lamar Jackson plays bad, even though they have no run game, and even when the opposing defense forces a bunch of turnovers. Lamar Jackson's MVP candidacy might have fallen off quite a bit after that game, but Aaron Rodgers certainly did not this week, and I think he is definitely the front runner and should win it this week. When everyone else has looked mediocre at times or struggled, the Packers, except for week one, that was so long ago, have looked incredible whenever Aaron Rodgers is in the game. And when he's not in the game, they have not looked very good at all. I think Aaron Rodgers is 100% the MVP. Only one practice this week, struggling with a toe injury, still managed to beat one of the better teams in the league pretty handedly. The game was not nearly as close as the score would suggest. The Seahawks, their season is over. Russell Wilson did not play well. Pete Carroll did not coach well. Their run game did not play well, and their defense did not look very good. And that was against Washington football team, who has a three-game win streak now under their belt and are in a playoff position. Taylor Heineke continues to be the biggest underdog in the entire league this year. It's so fun to watch. Love seeing the guy who shouldn't be there, um, but is so excited to be and plays his heart out each and every game. Washington football team gets the win over the Seahawks. Seahawks season is over, but Washington's is far from it. Lastly, we'll talk about my top 10 power rankings. This week was really hard because I think there were 12 to 13 teams that you could put in your top 10. The order is not super important, but I did order them the way that I think they should be ordered. I left out two teams that are very good and are very talented, but have not played well at all over the past three weeks, and that is the Rams and the Titans. I like to see what you've done lately. Neither of those teams have looked good at all lately, so I have them on the outside looking in. Number 10, another team that hasn't looked great lately, but I will give them benefit of the doubt because they are without some of their best players. Number 10, I have the Cowboys. Um, they took another tough loss this week, but when they are completely healthy, they have looked dominant. 
And so I'll keep them in my top 10. Number nine, first time appearing on this list this season is the 49ers. Like I said, they've won their last three and have won four out of five. Really impressed by what they've been able, they've been able to rebound very well. I was very critical of them at the beginning of the year, but they have turned it around nicely. Number eight, the Bengals, another big win. They've dominated both the Steelers and the Ravens now, and I think they should win the division. I know the Ravens are currently ahead of them, but I think by the time that the season ends, the Bengals will be the better team. Number seven, I have the Chiefs. They did not play this week, but over the last few weeks, they have looked really good. Like I said, if you've looked good lately, I like to move you up. Bills, they had a dominating performance. They got right on Thanksgiving. They beat a Saints team that's really banged up. But that was a crucial win for them. They have struggled as of late, um, but turned it around with that win. Number five, I have the Ravens. Although I do not like how they've performed lately, they continue to win, and that has to matter. They are at number five. Number four, I have the Buccaneers. They are winning, even though they haven't looked spectacular. I thought they should have lost against the Colts, but they didn't lose, so I will have them at four. And above Tom Brady, what do you know? Number three, I have Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They have looked so good as of late that I think they currently should be the AFC favorite. I love what they're doing. I love how Mac Jones is performing. I love how they're using their talent, even though they don't have a lot. I have the Patriots at three. Number two, the Cardinals, they did not play this week. Only reason I have them at number two, and spoiler alert, I have the Packers at number one. The only reason I have the Cardinals at two and the Packers at one is is because the Cardinals are not able to stay healthy. And as even though Colt McCoy has looked really good uh, when he's in, they're not going to be able to beat upper-level teams with him in for the remainder of the season. Cardinals have looked spectacular when they have been healthy, but they have not been out there much healthy at all. Still winning, though, they only have two losses, so I have them at two. And number one, the Packers. They have looked really, really good as of late. I love their win over the Rams. That was a dominant, dominant performance. They made Matt Stafford look a little bit silly at times. I have the Packers at number one. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP right now, in my opinion. Could he go back to back? I don't think they'll give it to him, but in my opinion, he should be the MVP at least right now. Lastly, my clutch factor player of the week, uh, runners up, Kyra Santos for kicking the game winner for the Bears against the Lions on Thanksgiving. For the Bears, they're pretty new to game winning kicks that actually go in. For the Lions, they are pretty used to game-winning kicks going in against them. And then for Leonard Fournette for scoring the game-winner in the final minute to beat the Colts. Those are the runner-ups. And finally, the Clutch Factor Player of the Week after Week 12. Another group award, Derek Carr and Daniel Carlson for leading the team down the field and kicking the game-winner to beat the Cowboys. A huge win, and that was a super important win for that team. I love what the Raiders are doing recently with the interim coach, with backup wide receivers. They have looked pretty good. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week for the Week 13 Reaction Show.